Today we will be, um, I will be preaching from Ephesians chapter 1. We're back in Ephesians chapter 1, but we will be looking at verse 15 through 23. If you have your Bibles and your electronic devices, please turn to Ephesians chapter 1, 15 through 23. Ephesians chapter 1, 15 through 23. Let us pray. Father God, we are so grateful for you, so thankful for your word. Just continue to help us grow in you, Lord God. Let this message speak to our hearts that change may happen, that, Lord God, conviction may happen, that new life may happen that our walk may be different after we hear your word. Lord God, let us be a people who, Lord God, are not sermon evaluators, but sermon applicators. Let us take your word and not look at all the mistakes the preacher made, but let us take your word and, and look at what he said, look at what I said, Lord God, and apply it to our life that our life may be transformed by the words that come out my mouth. Lord God, I thank you for letting me go to the mountaintop of Zion to spend with you with this message that you have placed in my heart to preach to your people. Let them be reminded I stand here not on my own power and strength, but on the power of Jesus Christ, that life in us may be different. Lord God, I pray for those who don't know you as a Lord and Savior, that they may come to understanding by your word, to know that Jesus saves, that he is the Messiah. He is the one that set us free from eternal condemnation. He is the one that gives us life, and that life comes abundantly. So, Lord God, whatever I say, let it go out with power and strength. Let it go out with change. Let it go out with conviction. Let it go out where souls may be renewed and lives may be different. We need you, and you are all we need. The scripture is clear. If you be lifted up, you'll draw all men to you. So today, let me decrease that you may be lifted up, that you may draw all men to you. We bless you and we love you. Have your way in this day, in this sermon. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise once again. Ephesians chapter 1. We're in Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. We're in verses 15 through 23. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 through 23. And I will be preaching from the topic today, praying for the saints. Praying for the saints. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 through 23. It says, therefore, also, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. In the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe? According to the working of him, I mean, of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at the right hand in the heavenly places. Far above all principalities and powers and might and dominion and every name that is named, 
not only in this age, but also in which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is the body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Oh, my God, that's a powerful powerful scripture there and today on this morning I want to look at this these verses of scripture and preach from the topic praying for the saints praying for the saints Paul just has come to a close on informing the saints of who they are in Christ. As you remember the last three weeks I've been preaching from in Christ, and he let these saints know who are in Ephesus and also in the Asia Minor region, other churches, because this was a circular letter. He lets them know who, he reminded them or informed them of who they were in Christ. He, he lets them know the benefits that they had in Christ, by being in Christ, the benefits that, that we have. But now he comes and he takes a turn and he lifts up these saints in prayer. My God, that's, that's just an awesome thing to know that someone is praying for you. Paul comes and, 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 and now he, he calls out to God on behalf of the, the believers in Asia Minor. He, he, he prays to God. He, he get on the line of heaven and connect to God on behalf of the believers in Asia Minor. Now, I don't know about for you, but we can take a lot from this text. I, I, I am thankful for, for people that are pray for me. I, I don't know about you, but I, I'm grateful for those who say, Pastor Pew, I'm praying for you. And Paul got us into how we should pray for one another. But I like this because Paul doesn't include everyone in this prayer. He just prayed specifically for the saints. He prayed in detail for the saints, for the believers in God, Paul prayed for. Now, we are called in the scripture to pray for everyone. Matter of fact, the scripture does not only call us to pray, the scripture commands us to pray. We learned that because here at Clinton Baptist Church this year, our theme is growing in our prayer life. And throughout the year, we have been teaching and preaching and practicing prayer that we as a church, as a body of believers may grow in our prayer life. And Paul now give us uh, information of how we should pray for our believers how we should pray for the saints of God, how we should call out to God on their behalf. As I said earlier, the, the scripture commands us to pray. The scripture doesn't suggest that we pray. The scripture doesn't beg us to pray. But the scripture, the word of God, commands believers to pray for one another. It, it commands us to pray not only for one another, but pray for unbelievers as well. It commands us to spend time in God in prayer. It, it, it commands us. As a matter of fact, um, Matthew chapter 6 tells us uh, when the disciples was hanging out with Jesus, they said, Lord, teach us how to pray. And Jesus responded, when you pray. He didn't say if you pray or you should pray. He said when you pray. That, that you and I as believers should be praying all the time. And one thing about prayer, we, we don't have to get on our knees and pray. We don't have to close our eyes and pray. We can pray while we're walking. We can pray while we're talking. We can pray while we exercise. And we can pray while we drive. And we can pray while we're working. But the scripture commands us to pray. Not only do Matthew command us to pray, but also in 1 Thessalonians. In 1 Thessalonians, uh, the scripture tells us, that, uh, that not only um, does Matthew commands us to pray, but in 1 Thessalonians, it's the scripture lets us know that we should pray without ceasing, Lisa. We should pray without ceasing, Tiffany. 
that we should spend time in prayer, Rob, that we should spend time in prayer, Lacey, that we should spend time in prayer, Rob, that we need to call out to God in prayer. So we also learned as here at Clinton Baptist Church, our, our theme is growing in our prayer life. And when we've been preaching and teaching and practicing prayer throughout the year, we also learned that there are different type of prayers. Ernest Pugh, there are different type of prayers. Deidre, there are different type of prayers. Jeanette, there are different type of prayers. Jackson, in the Bible that, 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 that we, we see um, in the Bible that we can pray. And here in this text, as we pray for the saints, Paul uh, uh, bring out two of these different uh, types of prayers that we talked about, Iris, that we talked about, Dirk. And here in, in, in verses 15 and 16, we see that Paul pray a prayer of thanksgiving. Paul, Paul prays a prayer of thanksgiving. Watch this. Paul says in verse 15 and 16, he says, therefore, I also... After I heard of your faith in the Lord and your love for all the saints, that I do not cease to give thanks for you. Paul says, watch this, Corey. Paul says that, 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 that I pray to God on your behalf a prayer of thanksgiving. Says Sadie, watch this, watch this. Paul, Paul stands in the gap. Paul stands between man and God, and he prayed to God on behalf of man, on behalf of the saints, a prayer of thanksgiving, Nita. He, he prays, Sister Robinson, he prays, Sister Robinson, on behalf of you and I, before God, LaShawn, a prayer of thanksgiving. He, he prays to them. He, he prays to God a prayer of thanksgiving. See, I, I, I see that you all are not excited because if you was, uh, 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 the people here working in the social media would let me know that you're always excited. But let me help you understand what, what prayer of thanksgiving is, Joe. Let me help you understand, Marsha, what's the prayer of thanksgiving. Let me help, help you understand what the prayer of thanksgiving is. A prayer of thanksgiving is praying to God, thanking him for what he has done. That, that's what prayer of thanksgiving is. Prayer of thanksgiving, Marsha. Prayer of thanksgiving, Sister Walker. Prayer of thanksgiving is praying to God for what he has already done. Paul stands in the gap and pray for you and me and pray for the saints, thanking God for what he has already done. My God, my God, that's some good stuff. We need to be praying to God, thanking God for other believers and what he has done in their life. See, I know we always want prayer. We always want to be the recipient of the prayer. We always want people to pray for us, Bonnie. Pray for us, Sister Cunningham. Pray for us, the Parkers. We always want people to pray for us. But what about you? Are you praying and thanking God for other saints? Are you praying and thanking God that, God, I thank you for what you're doing in sister and brother life. Are you praying and thanking God for what you're doing? God, I thank you for what you're doing in Miss Murray life. I thank you for what you're doing in Roy life. I thank you for do what you're doing in Deacon Island life. Are you praying and thanking God for what he's doing in other believers' life? Paul stands in the gap and he, he thanked God. He said, God, I, I want to thank you for what you're doing and what you're going to do. For these saints. He says, Paul, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, for, for how you work in Tawana's life. I thank you, Lord, for how Tammy is growing. I thank you, Lord, for how Deacon Dixon is growing. I thank you, Lord, for how Sarita is growing. I thank you, Lord, for them leading their family. I thank you, Lord. And he offers this, this prayer of thanksgiving on behalf of other saints. Watch this. Paul says that I, I, I thank God for you. Paul prays this prayer of thanksgiving, but, but, it, but it, it get more interesting than that. Because Paul, watch this, Paul understood that prayer is not a hit it and quit it. Paul, Paul, Paul understood, Sister Gretchen, Paul understood, nay, Paul understood, Joanne, that, 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 that prayer is not a one-time thing. Paul understood, Barbara, that, that, that prayer is not something that we do today and don't do tomorrow. 
Paul, Paul understood that, that, that prayer must be a constant practice in a believer's life. Paul understood that prayer must, must be a, constant, a, um, a continuous practice in the lives of people. Paul understood because look what he said. In his prayer of thanksgiving, he said, I do not cease. He said, I do not cease to, to stop praying for you. He says, I'm always calling out to God on your behalf. I'm always thanking God for what he is doing in your life, angel. I'm always thanking God what he is doing in your life, Angela. I'm always thanking God what he is doing in your life, Michael. I'm always, Daryl, I'm thanking God for what he's doing in your life. Paul says, my prayer doesn't cease for you. Paul understood that we have to continually, continually be in prayer. We got to continue to lift up the saints before God. We got to stand in the gap and pray for one another. Pray for the saints uh, uh, the, and, and thank God for the saints and what he's doing in their life. And watch this. So in this prayer of thanksgiving, we see Paul pray and thank God for what he has done and what he is doing. But also prayer, Paul says prayer don't cease. That prayer is a, a continuing act a continuing thing that, that we must do to call out to God and pray. So we see prayer doesn't cease. But watch this, Paul shows us something else in this text. He shows us the cause of his prayer. He says, I'm not just thanking God for anything. See, see, we easily can pray and say, God, I want to thank you for what you're doing in Colina life. God, I want to thank you for what you're doing in, in Pastor Pew life. God, I want to thank you what you're doing in Andrea life. God, I want to thank you what you're doing in, in, um, in uh, Deacon Island life. God, I want to thank you what you're doing in Candy life. See, see, watch this. We can always say that, but, but Paul says he is the cause of my prayer, Ivers. Paul says, I'm, just, I'm not just praying aimlessly. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not just out there calling out names. I'm, I'm not just out there, God, thanking you for all these saints and, and what you're doing. Paul says, I got a cause for the prayer. Because Paul says, watch this. Paul says, I'm praying a prayer of thanksgiving. Watch this. For what I have heard about your faith and your love for all the saints. Oh, my God, that's good stuff right there. That's good stuff. Y'all right there should be celebrating. Paul says, I'm praying. What Paul says, this is what caused me to pray the prayer of thanksgiving to God on your behalf. Because I heard the testimonies of how you have been in your faith and how you have loved all the saints. Paul says, I heard about your testimony. See, see, that, that's a good thing when the testimony of the saints get put out there. See, a lot of testimonies go out that are bad. Uh, uh, we testify about people when they're doing, when they're struggling in their life and when they're having a rough time in their life or when they're sinning in their life or when their husband leave them or their wife leave them or their children locked up or their children in jail. But Lena, look, Paul says, I want to thank God for the testimony I heard about your faith. This caused Paul to, to lift up God. To lift up them to God. He caused, it caused Paul to pray for them because he heard about the testimony of their faith. Now watch this. Because this faith here in the text, Vicky, is not faith of salvation. Ms. Murray and Keisha, this, this is not faith of salvation. Because they already know Christ as their Lord and Savior. Remember, he talked about them being in Christ. So this is not faith of salvation. This is not the faith of salvation. What he's talking about is active faith of salvation that is lived through their life. Let me slow down. Let me slow down, LaMonica. Let me slow down, Wanda. Here it is. What he's praying for and thanking God for because he heard about the testimony of their faith. That means the active faith that they are living out daily to show that they're a child of God. That, that's the scripture said, faith without works is dead. What, what it's doing, their works are showing their faith in God. What they do for the church, how they give for the church, how they love the saints for the church, how they out there ministering to people for the church, how they evangelizing for the church, how they are operating in ministry. Paul said, I heard about your faith, how you've been living out the will of God in your life. And because you've been living out the will of God in your life, Kim, I want to thank God for you. I want to say, God, I thank you for what you're doing in their life because their faith is being shown that they walking, marveling, they walking, standing in the will of your glory. God, I want to thank you for them being faithful and obedient to you, Lisa. I want to thank you that they've been faithful and obedient to you, uh, God. I want to thank you for Pandora being faithful and living a life for you and serving you and honoring you. God, I want to thank you for what you're doing in their life. He says, God, I thank you 
I thank you, God. I thank you. Here's the call, Charlene. Here's the call, Sam. I thank you for, for God, their faith. For how they stand on your word. How they be obedient to, their, to your word, God. How they live a life that is different from what they used to live. God, I want to thank you how you, how you working in their life, Lord God. And they saying no to sin and yes to righteousness. I want to thank you, Lord God, for their faith. But then he goes on. He said, not only do I want to thank you for their faith, and this is the cause of his thanks, thank, prayer of thanksgiving. Charmaine and Reggie, this is the cause of their thanksgiving. Look what he says. I want to thank you. He said, God, I thank you not only what you're doing in their faith, but I want to thank you for the love they have for all the saints. Woo! He said, God, I want to thank you for the love they have for all the saints. These Christians, these believers have love for the saints. Watch this. This word love here is agape, which means a self-sacrificing love, which means a love that don't expect anything back in return. This is the love of God. This is the highest love that, that, that we can have. This is the highest love, Joshua, that we can have. This is the highest love that we have. Watch this. And he says, I want to thank you for, for, for how you working in a life, God, and you allowing them to love the saints. Now, now, I've been in church for a while, over 20 years, and I know, y'all, I know Gloria. I know, I know Donna. I know it's hard to love the saints. I, I, I mean, y'all may not hear me. Um, y'all may not agree. Some of y'all in leadership, you know. Some of y'all in leadership, Tammy and, and Brian, y'all know. And, and all the other people who are in leadership, you know that it's hard to love the saints. The saints sometimes will get on your last nerve. You do everything you can for them and they still talk bad about you. You, you sharing everything you can. You go to the hospital and you pray for them. You, 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 you marry their children. You at the funeral. And, and you serve at the funeral and, and you go over and beyond as a pastor and, and the saints still talk bad about you. That the saints, all you do for the saints, that, 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 that they, they, they stab you in the back and, and, and don't want you to succeed and, and don't want to help. And all they want to do is complain. But, but Paul says that we got to pray for the saints because we pray for them and thank God that these saints love all the saints. Uh, that these saints love the saints unconditionally. They love the saints when they were talking about them. They love the saints when they stabbed them in their back. They love the saints when they didn't deserve to be loved. They love the saints when they were doing evil. They love the saints when they was doing unrighteousness. They love the saints. And Paul says, I want to thank God for how the way they show love to all the saints. See, what we'll do, we only show love to partial saints. We're going to love the ones who loves us back. Oh, y'all ain't hear me. Y'all ain't hear me. Y'all ain't hear me. Y'all faking out there. Y'all fake. We're only going to love the ones who treat us fair. We're not going to love the ones that, that get snappy with us sometimes. We're not, we're not, we ain't going to love the ones that, that treat us wrong. We ain't going to love the ones that sit in our seat that I sit in every Sunday. We ain't going to love the ones that always get the solo. We ain't going to love the ones that, that give us problems. We only going to love the ones that love us back. But this love here is unconditional love. It's, it's a sacrificial love. This is agape love. He says, I thank you for letting them love the saints in spite of their faults. And he prays and say, God, I thank you. Are we praying for the saints? Are we praying to thank God for what God is doing in the saints' life? We need to pray and lift each other up and thank God for what he's doing in my sister life, in my brother life, in my friend life, in my co-worker life. He said we need to be praying, thanking God. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in their life. And Paul prays for the saints, and he prayed his prayer of thanksgiving. That's what we see right here in verse 15 through 16. But then the second thing we see in his prayer for the saints, watch this. The second thing we see, Paul here, watch this. He prays a prayer of intercession. Watch this, Nicky and Kenneth. We see a prayer of intercession. So he, he, he not only prayed thanksgiving prayer, a prayer of thanksgiving, but he prayed a prayer of intercession. Now, now if you remember, a prayer of intercession um, is a type of prayer where, where, God, where Paul would pray to God on behalf of the other believer or, or another person. He would intercede. He would, he would go in prayer and intercede on their behalf before them. 
So, so, so we do this all the time. Because if, if you're a prayer, you pray for people. You intercede for people all the time. When you pray for your children, that's intercessor prayer. When you pray for your mom, that's intercessor prayer. But watch this. Paul prays for believers. He intercedes before God on behalf of the believers. Now watch this. This is interesting. Because Paul, because Paul does not, watch this. Paul does not pray for these believers to get a new job. Paul, Paul, Paul does not pray for these believers to, to get a new car, baby. Paul does not pray for these leaders, Jackson, to get a new cell phone. Paul does not pray for these leaders to have good health. Paul does not pray for these leaders to, to get married. Paul does not pray for, the, I mean, not leaders, but um. But saints, Paul does not pray for these saints to, to get married. Paul does not pray for these saints to get children. And those things that we should pray for, but here in this text, as we stay uh, true to this text, Paul prayed for the spiritual growth of the people. He prayed for the, the spiritual growth of the believers. He, he ain't praying for all that other stuff. That We can pray that later, but right now, God, I want to come on behalf of my brothers and sisters in Christ, and I want to pray for their spiritual growth. He, he's not asking for nothing material. He's not asking Valerie for nothing that's, that's, that's material. He's not asking Moo Moo for a car. He's not asking for this. He's not asking for that. He's praying that they grow spiritually. He says, God, I come in behalf of prayer, and I lift my brother and sister up that they may grow spiritually. And look what he says. He lays it out in verses Number 17 to 23, look what he says. He says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and the revelation of knowledge of him. He says, watch this. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of his glory, of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the work of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand of the Father, I mean at the right hand of the Father in heavenly places, far above all principalities and powers and might and dominion, every name that is named not only in this age, but also in which is to come. He says, and he put all things under his feet. And gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body. The fullness of him who fills all in all. Paul says, I'm not praying for material things. I'm not praying for God to bless you with material things. Paul says that I'm praying that God will bless you, that you may grow spiritually. Paul says, I'm praying that you will have a better relationship with God. Paul says, I'm praying that you will walk out the will of God in your life. Paul says, I'm praying, I'm interceding on your behalf that you may grow. Paul says that I'm praying that you may grow. We spend more time praying for people. That they get this and they, and they get that and they get this and they get that. But how much do we pray that they grow? How much do we pray that they go and live out the will of God in their life? How much do we pray that they go and see God face to face and say, God, what do you want from me? How much do we pray and call out to God and say, God, I need you to intervene on my sister's behalf that she may see you as God. God, I pray that you go into intervene in my brother's behalf, that they may know that you are God and you the real God. You're not a fake God. You're not a God that just sit high and don't worry about your people, but you're a relational God. He says, I'm praying this prayer of intercession, and I'm praying for the saints 
that they may grow in a spiritual walk. Look at this. He says, I'm praying on their behalf. I'm standing before God that they may grow. Watch this in verse 17. In a knowledge of God. Paul's prayer was that they, they grow in a knowledge of God. That they, they not just be a surface Christian. That they not just, just snorkel on the top. What they got their little breathing tube is sticking out the water and they just stay on the surface of the water and look down and see all the fish and all the other things in the ocean. He said, God, I, I pray that they not just surface Christians. He said, God, I'm praying for some Christians that are going to put on a scuba diving gear that's going to dive 30 and 40,000 feet down in the ocean, dive 30 and 40,000 feet down in you so they may see you in a different way. God, I'm praying that they get to know you, that they have a knowledge of you, not an intellect of you, but know you and have a relationship with you. I'm praying that they grow. I'm praying that they grow in their knowledge of you. That they know that you are omnipotent. That they know that you are omnipresent. That they know that you are, you are all powerful. That they know that you are the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. I'm praying that they know that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. I'm praying that, that they know that, God, you call us to live holy because you are holy. I'm praying that they grow in a knowledge of you. But then look what he says. In verse 18a, he says, not only do I, I pray that they grow in a knowledge of God, but he said, I pray that they grow in a understanding of the things of God. We talked about that yesterday. Yeah, I mean, last Sunday. Last Sunday, we looked at the understanding of God. He said, I pray, God, that these believers grow in the understanding that they fully have an understanding of, of, of God. And we will never have the full, complex understanding and complete understanding of God. Because if we could, he wouldn't be God. But God, let us grow in a place where you reveal yourself every day to us that we will get to know more and more about you. That we will get to understand your ways and how you want us to live and how you call us to live. God, let us grow deeper and deeper in our spiritual growth, Lord God, that we will get to understand your will for our life and how you want us to live and how you want us to walk and how you want us to serve. God, give us understanding. Give them understanding, Lord God, where they will understand when they read your scripture that they will take it and apply it to their life, that transformation may have. Give them understanding, God, that when they see you face to face, Lord God, when they see you, they know that you are God. Lord God, give them understanding when they, when they self-talking to them and the devil talking to them. They say, I know that ain't God because I know his voice. Give them understanding that they know you. Paul said, this is how I'm interceding. This is how I'm praying. Paul says, I'm praying this. And I revert back to the first part. He says, I'm doing it without ceasing. Paul says, I'm praying this continues on your behalf. You should be praying for me. Pray that pastor grow spiritually that he may be able to feed us with the word. Pray the pastor see you, Lord God, with his eyes that he may know you from any other replica of you. Pray the pastor may be focused on you and your word, that his life may be enriched, that he may enrich others, and other people's lives may be enriched, empowered, empowered and poured into. Paul said, let's pray for the same. Let's intercede that they may grow in their knowledge and that they may grow in their understanding of God. But then Paul comes back in verse 18b, and he said, 18b through 23, and then Paul says, we need to intercede that God will reveal, watch this, himself to the saints. Says, look, I'm praying, God, that you, you reveal yourself to the saints. And look what he says. He says, God, I pray that you reveal to the saints, Lord God. I pray that you reveal to the saints, watch this, in 18b, their calling. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's good stuff. He said, God, I'm praying that you may reveal to them their calling. God, their calling that you may reveal to them. 
Lord God, I, I pray that you reveal to them their calling. Watch this. I talk to a lot of believers, especially young believers. And the most disappointing thing in their lives is they don't know their meaning in life. They don't know their purpose in life. And I have to remind them how God called them and what God called them to. Every one of us, God had called us to live for him. God has called us to evangelize his word. God has called us to be an example here on earth to the people that we are ambassadors of Christ. God has called us to live a holy life. And he says, God, reveal to them their calling. We're trying to figure out, God, what are you calling me to? What, what is my next occupation? What, 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 where should I be going, God? No, 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 God. I want you to know, I want to know your calling. Not my occupation. I want to know how you called me in my life. So when I get in my occupation, I can live out my occupation in you. God, you may call me to be a trash man, but guess what? I'm going to glorify you on that trash truck. God, you may call me to be a lawyer, but guess what? I'm going to glorify you as a lawyer. God, you may call me to work in a hospital, but I'm going to glorify you in that hospital. God, you may cause me to be a, a, a student. I'm going to glorify you in that school. God, I thank you for calling me to be an example to the world. He said that we need to pray, we need to intercede and pray that God reveal the calling to the saints that they may understand the calling that God has for them. And then he goes on. He says, not only that, he said, God, he said, God, I, I, I pray, God, not only that you, 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 you give them the calling, but then he says in verse 19 to 23, he said, God, I pray, look in verse 19. He said, God, I pray that you reveal to them and make them aware of your power. Look, he says, I make you aware of your power. Look at this. He said, God, make them aware of your power. What power that God has? He said, God, God, I want you to be aware of your power. I want you to be aware of the, of the power that you have, Lord God, that you, you showed them. I want you to be aware of their power, Lord God. Look at that. The power, and he lays out the power that God has. He lays out the power that God has throughout the rest of the scripture. Look, he lays out the power. Here's the power. The power that rose or raised Jesus Christ from the dead. He said, God, I want you to inform them of the power that, that rose Jesus Christ up from the dead. I don't know about you, but I'm so glad about the power of Jesus, of God, that got Jesus Christ out of the grave and rose him from the dead. You should be celebrating that right now, because if it wasn't for the power of God that rose Jesus Christ from the dead, you and I would not have redemption. You and I would not be living in Christ, that we'll be serving a dead God and not a living God. I'm so glad God make me aware of the power that you have. He says, okay, what, what else of power you have? He said, God, make them aware. He prayed that God make them aware of the power that he has. He said, the power that rose Jesus Christ from the dead and also the power that set Jesus Christ on the right hand of God in the heavenly places. Oh, my God. He said, God, I pray. I pray, God. I pray, God, that you let them be aware of the power that you have that set Jesus Christ on the right hand of the Father. See, the reason why y'all can't get celebrating and the reason why y'all can't get excited about that because you don't know what the right hand of the Father is. The right hand of the Father is the power that Jesus Christ set with all authority in his hand over everything, over all the earth, over everything, over all man, over all the trees, over all the cosmos, over everything. He said, God, show him that power that set Jesus Christ at the right hand. But what else power? He says, God, I show him that the power. He says, I showed that the power. I show him that the power of Jesus Christ. What else? What else the power? The power that gave him the name that is above all names that are then, now, and that is to come. Look what he said. He said, God, God, I pray. I pray, Lord God, that you show them the power. Watch this. He said, God, I pray that you show them the power. Look at this. God, I pray that you show them the power that, that you have used to set Jesus' name above all names. Oh, my God. Mm -mm. Now, look, I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, 
certain names have power. When you, when you hear certain names, it comes with, with powers, power. And I, I ain't talking about like, 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 like President Barack Obama or President Reagan or, or Bush. Yeah, yeah, those names have power. But I'm talking about street names. I'm talking about those who have power in the streets. That when you hear those names, you say, oh, them dudes are like that. Them dudes ain't no joke. You see what I'm talking about? I'm talking about power in the names. But I started to think about some, some powerful people that I grew up with. And I'm not going to name them because you don't need to know. But I started thinking about some names that carried a lot of power when I was growing up. That had a lot of power that, that people spoke from. But guess what? Although those names have power, those names wear out. Because guess what? We're in a new generation. And the power of names that I had growing up that people looked up to, the power of names don't mean anything anymore. Them power names had no more power in the streets of D.C. They have no more powers in the Washington, D.C. area. They have no more powers in a new DMV or whatever y'all want to call it. They have no more powers. But I know a name that it has a power, not only back then, but a power that, that came from 2,000 years ago. The power of Jesus Christ that means Emmanuel is with us. The power that is above every name. That it, the scripture says at that name of Jesus, every name, every tongue will confess, every knee will bow and confess that he is Lord. Who will bow? Those on earth, those under earth, and those above earth will bow down to that name. And if you don't think that name has power, I tell you, all you got to do is call on that power. All you got to do is call on that power when you need it. And that name will show up in that power. That power, that name will show up. Have you ever been in an accident and you ran into somebody or somebody ran into you and you said, Jesus, you called out that name, Jesus. You called out that name, Jesus, and everything changed for your good, for your likening. I'm talking about the power of the name of Jesus. Paul said we got to pray that God show the believers the power of God. And he said the power of his name. But Paul don't end there. Paul don't end there. Paul says another power, not only his name, but Paul says I'm praying. Here you go. Here it is. He said, I'm praying that, God, you show them the power that you have to set Jesus over all the principalities and powers. Oh, my God. See, y'all don't know y'all word. Y'all don't know y'all word. Watch this. He said, I'm praying that Jesus will reveal his power that he has shown over all principalities and all powers of the air. See, you can't get excited because you don't know what principalities and powers of the air is. But let me help you understand. The principalities and the power of the air is the devil and his demons. Don't you know that Jesus sits high above them? That God's power raised him up above the power of the principalities and powers of this air. I know you may think the devil got you. I know you think his demons may be encamped around his house. But because you are a saint of God, the power of the devil is weakened because the power of Jesus Christ is set over top of him. I'm talking about the power. He says, I'm praying that you may know the power. You walk around talking about my back hurting the devil. Ain't the devil hurt my back? No, that ain't the devil. That's you lifting big old boxes. Stop giving the devil glory because we serve Jesus Christ who sits high way above the power of the principalities and powers of the air who when he come guess what the devil had to bow when he come the devil had to submit when he shows up the devil trembles when he show up the devil know that he has power he said reveal to them he said I'm praying that you know the power of God but then he goes on here's the last one he said God I'm praying for these saints that they may know the power that has put everything under 
the control of Jesus Christ. He says, God, I'm praying that the saints know your power, that you reveal your power, that you will make them aware of your power. See, the reason why we live a, a powerless life as Christians, because we don't know the power that we possess, greater who is in us, who is in the world. And he says the power of Jesus Christ that is in us. He says, God, look at this power. This power, God has the power to give Jesus the authority of everything. He has authority of everything. He has power over everything. Oh my God, I need you to get this. Saints, Paul says, I'm praying that you understand the power of God that, that be revealed to you and you aware of the power of God. That we got to understand the power that God has. That we got to understand that God has power. And his power set Jesus Christ above everything. Watch this. That power set Jesus Christ above everything. What does that mean? That the pandemic is under his control. Mm. What's that power? That your job situation is under his control. Oh, what's that power? That the president is under his control. Oh my God, what's that power? That your health is under his control. Oh man, what's that power? That your children are under his control. Oh man, what's that power? That the school system is under his control. What's that power? That your life is under his control. What's that power? That your eternal life is under his control. What's that power? That your salvation is under his control. What's that power? That everything that you and I see and don't see, the material and the immaterial things that we don't see, everything is under his power. Mashon, you are under his power. Your family is under his power because he has the power of everything. And Paul says we need to pray to our believers. We need to pray for the saints that they be aware of the powers of God. Paul here prays for the saints. And I throw it back at your court. Are you praying like that for believers? Or are you just praying a general prayer? God bless them. Give them food. Keep them. Or are you praying for them, for believers to grow spiritually? Are you praying for your children to know God in a way, in a deeper level? Are you praying for your husband who don't go to church or, or, or who don't walk in God, that God, you transform his life, that he may see that you are the Messiah, that he may see that you are the God of everything. Are you praying like that? Because today, Paul gives a great illustration of how to pray for the saints. He started off with the prayer of thanksgiving at verses 15 and 16, but then he comes and he prayed a prayer of intercession, not for material things, but spiritual growth. And you and I, as we grow in our prayer life, here at Clinton Baptist Church, our vision, our, our theme for this year, our theme for this year is to grow in our prayer life. And I challenge you to grow, that you pray for saints, that they may grow in a spiritual life. But today, as we come together and pray, I'm praying for you. And that you I'm praying for is unbelievers. I'm praying that you may see Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today. I'm praying that you may know that he is the Messiah, the one who came and died on the cross for your sins. I'm praying that you may have a personal relationship with him. I'm praying that you are sick and tired of living the way you live in. All my Northeast friends, I'm praying that you, you, you give it up, that you turn it over to him. Yeah, we did things the wrong way, but now it's time to do it the right. So I'm praying that you surrender your life to him. But here it is. 
Because of the sin of Adam and Eve, we were, we were all plundered into death, separation, death, condemnation of God. But because of the life and the death of Jesus Christ and his resurrection, we now have a right to heaven because he made that opportunity available. But today, you have to accept that right. You have to accept that free gift that Jesus Christ has given you. And that free gift is eternal life. He already did everything for you. All you got to do is believe. It's called saving faith. That you place faith in the Savior. That one, he is the son of God. He died on the cross for your sin. And he shed his blood that you and I may have a right to heaven. But today, what is your day? Today, what is it? What is it for you? Are you going to surrender or are you going to keep waiting the next week and next week and next week and next week? Today is your day. Today is their one. Is there one who want to surrender their life to Jesus Christ? We got our social media team looking. I mean, they everywhere. We got like four of them looking. They all over. Today is your day. Today is your day. Just say one. Just say one. Because you can't keep living the way you live and people are dying. And when you die, you don't have a second chance. Your chance now to surrender to Jesus Christ and go to heaven is when you have breath in your body. And today is your day. Is there one? Is there one? Is there one? Do we have any? Do we have any? Do we have any? If you're unsure that you're saved, if you're unsure, if you say, I don't really know am I saved or not, here it is. Just repeat after me. Father God, I come to you. I surrender my life to you as my Lord and Savior. I believe that you died on the cross and you shed your blood for my sins. Thank you for accepting me as your child. You are my Lord and my Savior. Jesus, you are my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Watch this. So if you pray that prayer, it's not the prayer that gave, made you saved, but it's your faith. And guess what? You'll never have to get saved again. Because once you save, you always save. You have eternal security. Everlasting life. That's what Jesus Christ promised. It's everlasting. It's, it's eternal. So that means you never lose it. So now what I appeal to you is that you find a church that's preaching the word of God. Every Sunday here at Clinton Baptist Church, I preach right from the Bible. I ain't got time to preach no newspaper. I ain't got time to preach about a book or what's going on on the TV. We need to hear about God, about Jesus Christ. The scripture said we lift him up. He'll draw all men to him. And I am, my, my determination is to draw all men to him. Not to me, not to Clinton Baptist Church, because I am nothing. I am a sinner saved by grace just like you. I have no power to do anything. But I know a man who has all power, and the power is in the name of Jesus Christ. And he has the power to save you from condemnation. So today you already surrendered to him. So now this is what we're going to do. You need to connect with a church. You need to grow. You need to join a church. I know today we don't have a, a, a church that could join, but you can join. We have a connection card. Go to our website, Clinton Baptist Church. Uh, org, and we have a connection card. We'll connect with you. We'll get an email. Tell us about yourself. Tell you you want to connect, and we will connect with you. We'll give you a call, give you an email, and connect with you. Also, you can call 301-653-6219 to connect with us. And we thank you so much for all that you're doing. 